Fantastic. Ready for God's Word? Here we go. Uh, I'm going to take you now to, we are continuing our series in the interesting book of Ecclesiastes, and I bring you now to chapter 3, where we left off last week. So go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I'm going to start reading from verse 1 onwards, and today we're going to be talking about times and seasons, okay, very interesting um, part of the book. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I start reading from verse 1. Mine is the NIV translation, nearly infallible version. <laughs> no, just kidding. New international version. It's just the, the version I like to preach from. Okay, here we go. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. And you notice they are all contrasts, okay? And a time to tear down, a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to moan and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in His time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men or the human heart. Yet no one can fathom or understand what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Then each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. And I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing will be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear Him. Whatever is has already been and what, has, what will be has been before. And, because, and God will call the past to account. Lord, I pray this morning that you will allow your word to minister to our hearts. I know that, Lord Jesus, even within our congregation or those that are watching, there are many that may be going through difficult times. And I pray that this word will be a source of encouragement to them that even though we don't know the end from the beginning, we can trust in this God who is sovereign, a God who is in control, even though we are not. And so we commit this time to you. Speak as your servants heareth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, as the wise man uh, pursues the meaning of life, he inevitably has to come to the subject of time. Why? Because time is the stuff that life is made of. How many of you agree? Time is the stuff that life is made of, you see, because time is life. See, when your time is gone, your life is gone. See, time is life. You show me a man who knows how to manage his time, and I'll show you a man who knows how to manage his life. Because anybody who cannot manage his time cannot manage his life, because time is the stuff that life is made of. And what's interesting to me is that time is the most equitable commodity on the face of this earth. Regardless of whether you are rich or poor, whether you are, simple, you are wise or you are simple, whether you are educated or you are illiterate, whether you are cultured or you are crude, whether you are young or you are old, it doesn't matter. We all have equally 24 hours a day. 
60 minutes to an hour, 60 seconds to a minute, no more, no less, fair and square. How many of you agree? This is one commodity. You know, I know for sure Pastor Ching Lai has got more money than me, but that's okay. But we have equal amount of time, you know. It's the most equal commodity on the face of this earth. Uh, of this earth. And we all have equal amount of it. And the truth is this, brothers and sisters, you and I cannot buy time, save time, gain time, or kill time. Although we use these phrases a lot, right? We are buying time, killing time, gaining time, and all of that. Actually, the only thing we can really do with time is to use it wisely. That's the only thing we can do with our time. So I want to encourage all of us, join Solomon as he leads us in this conversation about time this morning. Now, the NIV Study Bible talking about this chapter in chapter 3. Oh, something wrong? I thought you were say aircon. No? Okay. Sorry, those of you... Now I'm okay? No, I think you are. Do you want me to take this? Oh, okay, I'll take this. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm happy to take this. <laughs> Those of you watching online, you know, I just want you to know we are real, man. We are real life now. So you see all the mistakes as well. <laughs> all right, never mind. Uh, I may make a mistake, media may make a mistake, but the Word of God remains accurate. So I'm going to bring you the Word this morning, okay? Now, so where are we? The NIV Study Bible, actually talking about Ecclesiastes chapter 3, make this comments, and I, I love this. Here's what it says. Here in chapter 3, the teacher shows that we are subject to times and changes over which we have little or no control. Then he contrasts this state with man's or God's eternity and sovereignty. And God in His sovereignty predetermines all of life's activities. And I think he summarized Solomon's conclusion about time and life. No, we are now going to examine this in the light of biblical revelation, okay? So, here's the thing. I believe that there are three general approaches in which we view time. The first is a humanistic approach. And in the humanistic approach to time, we think that man is the master of time, okay? That man determines the times and the seasons of his life. That man is the one who determines the least of 28 activities that uh, the, the wise man outlines for us in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. A time to live, a time to die, etc. But the question really is this. Do we really? Do we really determine the times and the season? For example, can you decide today that you'll be happy next week? Can? No, not really. Can we know for certain that we'll be dancing and laughing tomorrow? We don't know. And the truth is this. That's the problem with the humanistic approach to time. The problem is that man is not in control of all the situations of life. How many of you agree? We are not in control. We live in an uncertain world. And that's why the book of James in chapter 4, verse 13 to 15 says this, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money, 
why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. How many of you agree? That's the truth. You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're like a mist that appears for a little while and boom, and then you vanish. No, we like to think that we are in control. But the reality is this, brothers and sisters, we are not. And then you listen to what James says in verse 15. He says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, then we will live and do this or that. So what, what, what is he saying? He's saying to us that it is ultimately not our will. It is God's will that prevails. So I got news for you, brothers and sisters. We are not the captains of our own soul. We are not the captains. We are not the masters of our own fate. We are not. Man does not control the circumstances of his own life. In other words, man is not a totally sovereign being. We are subject to the uncertainties of life. And that's the reason why we all buy insurance, isn't it? If you are so certain, we don't need insurance. It's because we are subject to the uncertainties of life. That, the humanistic approach to time really cannot hold water. Now, there's the, another extreme, which is the second way, which is a fatalistic approach. And I think this is kind of like the view that Solomon basically takes. He's saying here that life is all fated. We really have no choice at all. And Solomon listed 28 activities as examples. And what he's saying to us is this, God is the sovereign one, okay? Up there, above the sun, all right? And he's the one that's pulling the strings. He sets the time. He calls the shot. Everything has been mapped out. But where we are heading, and that's where he struggles. Listen carefully. Where he struggles is this. He acknowledges that there is a sovereign God up there who sets the times and the season. He pulls the strings and all of that. He, he sets the time. He calls the shots. But the thing he struggles with is this. But what, where we are heading and what is the purpose God is not telling us. God didn't tell us. And that's what he struggles with. You look at verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3. He says, He, referring to God, God has made everything beautiful in His time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of man, yet they cannot fathom, they cannot understand what God has done from beginning to end. So what is the wise man saying? He recognised that God has put eternity, a sense of eternity into the hearts of man, and that's why man always has a sense of eternal destiny. And God is the one who put it there, but He did not tell us what it is. That's what he struggles with. So the best thing he can come up with in terms of being a wise man, advising the next generation, all he can say was this, I think eat, drink, and try and enjoy yourself. But whatever happened, we are not at fault. We are not responsible. Blame it on faith. That's the fatalistic approach to time. Are you getting this picture? You have the humanistic approach. And then you have the fatalistic approach. And then that's why the Muslims will say, Allah harim. He has planned it all. There's nothing we can do about it. God has planned it all. The Hindus will say, accept your karma. That's your karma. That's why it's like that. 
And I think to bring out this point, the Good News Bible actually translates Ecclesiastes chapter 3 a little bit differently from NIV. NIV used a time for this, a time for that. The Good News Bible used the, the, the word the time for this, the time for that. To highlight the point that God is the one who sets the specific time for everything. And man seems to have no part in it. Everything is fated, predestined. So, so you have two extremes. You can imagine a pendulum, okay? So one end of the pendulum is the humanistic approach. And the other end of the pendulum is the fatalistic approach. Humanistic approach says man is in full control. God is out of the picture. And then the fatalistic approach says God is the one that sovereignly decides everything. Man can't help it apart from man. So what is the Christian view? I think the Christian view is somewhere in the middle. And I call it the realistic approach. Okay, what is the Christian view to time? I think it's this. It's not humanistic. It's also not fatalistic. It's realistic because it is not man in total control, independent of God. It is also not God setting everything apart from man. But it is this. Listen carefully. It is man's response to God's timing. It is man's response to God's timing. It is God's sovereignty balanced with man's responsibility. So Solomon is partly right. He said God in His sovereignty sets the time. It's true. He determines the moments of destiny in all of our lives, but we have the responsibility to respond to them correctly. Are you with me? It's man's response to God's sovereignty. For example, now is the time that God has set for us to worship Him. Right? Sunday morning is meant for us to worship Him. But how many of you know you can choose not to? You can choose to watch Netflix right now. Right? But then what's happening? It's God setting His time and then we have to respond to it. See? That there is a time for us to keep quiet. But how many of you know we can choose still to speak? We can. So God allows certain things to happen in our life, but we choose how we respond to them. So if we respond with our new man, if we respond in the spirit, we become better. You respond wrongly in the flesh, it becomes bitter. I think Solomon got halfway there in his search for the truth because of his limited perspective. Remember what is his limited perspective in this book? Under the sun, as long as I live. He's viewing life from under the sun, earthly, as long as I live, temporal perspective. And that's all he could see. He can tell us that God seems to be the one setting the time, but that's as far as he can go. Man seems to have no choice but to hope for the best. And in desperation, he confessed, he don't know what God is up to. No one can fathom it, he said. And he laments the fact that God however, has put eternity into man's heart, but did not tell man what is the future, what is ahead, what's the purpose, what's the destination. So he concluded in verse 9 to 11. Listen to this now. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden that God has laid on man. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of man, but yet they cannot fathom, they cannot figure out what God has done from beginning to end. Can you sense his frustration? That's what he's struggling with. 
And so his best advice at the end of the day is verse 12, when he said to us, I know there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live. That's as far as he can take us. But here's the thing. Listen, listen to this. There is one thing Solomon did. Solomon did allude to something that points us to a deeper truth. And that is found in verse 11 when he said this, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. God has set eternity in the hearts of men. You know, this word eternity is a Hebrew word, olam, O-L-A-M, olam, which is the same word used to describe the eternal God, El Olam, the eternal God. And theologically, we need to understand this, it is only an eternal God that can put eternity into the hearts of men. Only El Olam, the eternal God, can set Olam, eternity, into the hearts of men. And this is so crucial, my friends, because we now have this security. If we know that our God is not only good, our God is not only faithful, but He is also eternal, it has a lot of implication. It means this, you know, that our, our God is good, not only good, He's eternally good. Our God is faithful, not only faithful, but eternally grateful, uh, eternally faithful. That means what, you know? We serve a God that is so, that has eternity and He, he never changed. He's that unchanging, eternal God. You know, that's why I don't have to worry if my salvation is still there. Because, you know, He does not say to us today, you know, Benny, I love you, I forgive you, and I'm going to save you. And then tomorrow morning, he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, he changed his mind and said, no, now I hate you and I want you to fry in hell. That's not going to happen. He's not just good, but he's eternally good. He's not just faithful, he's eternally faithful. And in this is my security. I serve an eternal, unchanging God, and he has put eternity into my heart as well. Are you with me? And that is so important. God has set eternity into the hearts of men. And that is also why every man that I know, when they mature, when they grow up, they all have this, they are searching, you know, for this sense of eternal destiny and purpose. How many of you know that? Everyone's looking for a sense of purpose. And that's also the reason why only man talks about life and eternity. You don't find chickens doing that. You never get it. It's only men that will ask one another, you know, hey, Michal, what's your purpose in life? And then he can tell me something. My purpose is to transform our city, you know, by doing what I'm doing. Great. Now, what's my purpose in life? I believe God called me to be a preacher of God's Word and I'm going to do that to the end, to, to, till I die. I have that, this sense of eternal destiny, you understand? And, and we, only people have that. Chickens don't have that. I've never come across two chickens talking to each other. So, what do you foresee you'll be doing 10 years from now? And then one chicken will say to the other, you know, I sense I'm destined to be Kentucky Fried Chicken. And then another one will say, I think I'm Hainanese Chicken Rice. And one more will say, I think, you know, I'm destined to be that roast chicken in, in uh, Nando's Chicken. But with men, it's totally different. We talk about the future. We talk about eternity. Why? Because God has set eternity in the hearts of men. And for that reason, animals have life cycle. 
only humans have history. We have history. And it is this sense of eternity, however, can be muted, can be muted by sin. See, and when men sin, our spirits become dull and we no longer live by the spirit, we live by the soul. We get dragged down to earth, we become under the sun as long as I live instead of above the sun and beyond the grave. And this sense of eternal significance is awakened at different moments in our life. Have you ever experienced that? There are, there are moments when we suddenly think about all these things. That is God seeking to draw us into His plans. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And this word season in the Hebrew is the word ziman, which actually means this, appointed time. There is an appointed time. And then on top of that, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, don't miss this one. He has made everything beautiful in His time. And that word beautiful is better translated as appropriate. God will make everything appropriate in His time. And here's the principle. Listen carefully. There is an appointed time where God actually sets certain things. He allows certain things to happen in our life. But then there is also an appropriate time when He brings everything together so that it all makes sense. Are you with me? It becomes beautiful. It becomes appropriate. So between the appointed time until the appropriate time, we have the time in between. And that's where the big question mark is for, the, for Ecclesia, for, for the wise man. He said, I can't fathom what God is doing between this appointed time and the appropriate time. Okay, so that's the whole point. See? And this is where Solomon, looking at life from an under the sun, as long as I live perspective, ended up in this dilemma. And then he's looking at God, the things that God has appointed, but he also knows in his mind, because he's a believer in God, that God will somehow work everything together. It will all be appropriate in the end. But in between is where he struggles. In between, he's asking, then why do bad things happen to good people? And why do good things happen to bad people? He couldn't figure it out. See, why, why do things happen like that? And, and that's where he struggled. Why do the good suffer? Why do the wicked prosper? And so the only thing he can say is he set eternity in the hearts of men, but yet they cannot fathom what he, why it's like that. They cannot understand what God has done from beginning to the end. Are you with me? That's his struggle. And I think that's our struggle too. How many of you agree? I also don't understand a lot of things. And we all face this dilemma of history. You know, when we cannot reconcile between what we see in history, what's happening, and who our God is. That's why in the end, all Solomon could say is this, in verse 12 to verse 15, I know that there's nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live, that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that men will revere Him, fear Him. Whatever is has already been and what, has, what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. So here's the big picture. Don't miss this. Huh? 
He recognised that there is a God who sets the appointed time. He allows certain things to happen. And He gives us 14 activities as example. Okay, there is an appointed time. And then because He knows that there is God, He's sovereign. Therefore, he recognised that there will be an appropriate time when God make everything beautiful in his time. In between his struggles, and he said, I cannot fathom everything. I cannot understand everything, why things are the way it is. But he said, let's try to be happy, eat, drink and be merry, try to do good along the way. That's all he can come up with. Now, how do we understand it then? How, how, how do we make sense of all this? And I know we all agree that there's truth there. There's reality. But how do we see all this? So I want to give you a mental, a build, a paint a picture for you now. Here's what I think is happening. Between God's appointed time until God's appropriate time. What's happening? Now picture if you can, there's a giant tapestry in the sky. You know what a tapestry is? It's, uh, you know, where women like to sew, right? So they, they, they sew patterns uh, in a tapestry, they strung a cloth over a net, uh, a cloth over a frame, and then they sew and they make beautiful pictures out of it. Now, imagine there's a giant tapestry in the sky, okay, and there is a neat thing going on. And here we are, we are all under the sun, so Solomon's under the sun, he's trying to figure out what's going on here. So he's looking up at this tapestry, but how many of you know he's at the bottom of the tapestry? Got that? Okay, he's looking at it, and then he's trying to figure out what's going on. So, there's this giant tapestry, and then imagine there are strings coming through. Sometimes the strings are white. That is when things are just neutral. Everything is just normal. Sometimes it's black thread. It's black thread that comes through. Those are times when stuff happens, when things unhappy happens, something tragic happens. Other times you have grey threads coming through. Well, that means it's days of uncertainty. Days when I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And some of us are going through that right now. Days of uncertainty. We don't know what will happen. And then there are other times when you have delightful colours. Red, blue, green, yellow coming through. And those are happy moments when we got an approval. When we just launched a campus. You know, you just, your son just gave birth. You know, something like that. And those are happy moments. And we all celebrate that. But imagine if you are under the tapestry and you're watching all these strings come through. And then what happened after that? They crisscross here and there, right? They, they go over each other, they go here, they go there, they go... And you see all these colours coming through. And how many of you know if you are watching this whole thing from under the tapestry, you can't make sense of it. In fact, sometimes it looks like a mess. And that's how we feel about life sometimes. Why did this happen? Why did that happen? And we can't make sense of it. But all this while, well, well, and, and you know what? Some people have actually reached this point where they gave up. They, they've stopped trying to figure this out. They just say, I cannot understand. I can't fathom it. But there are others who are trying so hard to make sense of it and still struggling with it. But all this while, you know what God is doing? God is challenging us and He's inviting us to soar up with wings of faith and go beyond and don't, don't stay under the tapestry trying to figure this out, but break above the tapestry. And when you break above the tapestry, you discover something, that God is the one who is pushing the threads. He is the master weaver. 
And when he, when he puts those threats in, we don't understand from under, but when we go up and see it from God's point of view, you suddenly realize it's a beautiful pattern that he's sowing up there. Are you with me? And then when we begin to see it, that is when we say, he has made everything beautiful in his time. And every single thread, whether it's black or white, red, blue, green, yellow, they all are necessary for the pattern that he is weaving. And when we begin to see it from there, then it all makes sense. And that's what the wise man couldn't fully see at that point. But we can. We need to soar up with wings of faith, go above the tapestry, burst beyond the sun to God's, to His side. And then we see from God's perspective. And then we discover that He is weaving something beautiful in His time. You see, and Colossians 1, I want to read something for you. What is He weaving? I, I take you to Colossians chapter 1. I want to read for you verse 16 uh, to 19. Listen to this. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him, all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him, all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from amongst the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Jesus and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood and on that cross. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know that in Christ, all things contain. I think Jesus is the tapestry in which all of our lives are woven into. The good times and the bad, the happy and the sad, you know, the peaceful and the traumatic, they are all parts of the necessary strokes to complete God's picture for mankind. Solomon was partially right again. He knew that God sets the time. God is sovereign. However, we must always remember, ultimately, man has a responsibility to respond correctly to God's times and seasons. In the Old Testament, they may not know God's purpose and complete design. But now, in the New Testament, we know. Solomon didn't know that God will one day send Jesus to reveal to us His ultimate purpose. Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the time has fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. See, Solomon did not know that Christ would one day come and declare Himself to be the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. And in Him, everything makes sense. And then in one tremendous incarnation, God revealed to us the ultimate picture that He is weaving on His tapestry in heaven. And that picture, I think, is summed up in Romans 8, 28 to 30. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who loved Him, called according to His purpose. 
those whom God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn of many brethren. And those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those who justified, He also glorified. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that God will make everything beautiful in His time. He will make everything appropriate in His time. And God has planned things in, in such a way that in the end, they will bring out His best purpose and they become appropriate in His time. Everything begins in Christ and the end will be Christ personified in every one of us. That's why sometimes in our life, there are grey threads. There are, there are black threads even. And it's because there, are, there can be times that are tough, it's because God's purpose is not to pamper us. God's purpose is to purify us. You know, His purpose is not just to make us happy. His purpose is to make us holy. He's not just out to pacify us, but He's out to conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. And sometimes like Solomon, you know, we cannot fully comprehend what God is doing, but we also need to be like Him, know that God will make everything beautiful in His time. He made everything appropriate in His time. So can I leave you with this? In the light of all that we learn from the wise men, here are three things that we must do, every one of us. Number one is this, can I challenge you to recognize God's appointed time? Recognize that there are times and seasons in our life. There are some seasons when we feel like everything is so happening for us. Am I right? Everything seems to be flowing along. You see growth, you see progress in your career, in your relationships, in your ministry, in your finances, etc., etc. But there can also be seasons when there are more problems and possibilities. You know? There are some seasons we see more mess than miracles. We see more scars than stars. You know? We have more heartaches than hallelujahs. And there are seasons like that that we all go through. And when, when those valley time comes, when those moments come, we must remember God is still the master weaver. We've got to soar up with faith and burst beyond the sun and begin to see it from His perspective. Like, for example, we are going through a pandemic right now. None of us can say that this is good. But it is what it is. What should our response be? We must believe that God is still on His throne. He is still in control. He is still in charge. He is still sovereign. And whatever the season may be in our life, it does not change the fact God is God. It does not change the fact that He is sovereign. He is Lord. That's the core of the moment. That's the appointed season. God allowed it to happen. And we recognize God's appointed time. Okay, then what? Number two, we wait for God's appropriate time. We depend on His appropriate time. See, God's appointed time is here. We are going through it right now. But we are waiting for His appropriate time. Even though the world is right now facing this unprecedented health crisis, yes, our economy can be in turmoil, and that's true. There are many people who are losing their jobs, their businesses, they are shutting down. One thing remains. We trust the master weaver. You know, that he will make everything beautiful in his appropriate time. We have to trust him uh, for this. He is the one still pushing the threads of our life. 
and we trust that He's weaving the most beautiful picture of our life, utilizing every thread, the black, the whites, and the delightful colors. And when He is finally finished, all of us will look back and we will say, He has done great things. Bless His holy name. And this is what it means to rely on God's appropriate time. So we recognize God's appointed time. We are waiting for His appropriate time. But in between, what do you do? This is what we do. We don't just lament and say, I cannot fathom. You know what we do? We redeem all the available time in between. Redeem all available time. As we go through this difficult time, we resolve in our hearts not not just to recognize God's appointed time, not just to wait for His appropriate time to come, but we also seek to redeem all available time. And through this season, for example, now in this season, all of our travels are curtailed, right? We are all locked down in, in Perth. Hey, don't just lament that we cannot go here, we cannot go there. Make the best use of this time. What do you think? Make the best use of this time. Redeem this available time. Maybe we slow down this season. We slow down today so that we can gear up for tomorrow. So don't waste this crisis, but let's redeem the time and let's use it for God's glory and for man's good. Make the best use of this time. Let's renew our relationships with those around us, like our families, you know, our Connect Group members, our friends, because everybody's available now. Good news for you. No one's going anywhere. We've got plenty of time to, to revive our, our relationship with one another. Now, if you have always thought about, maybe I should join a connect group somewhere, this is the time. Go do it. Because every group is running. Oh, now holidays. But once holidays is over, every group is running. Okay? This is the best time to do it. Let's revive our personal walk with God. Redeem this available time. Revive our personal walk with God. Let's revitalize our word life. Let's revitalize our own prayer life. If you have always thought about, maybe I should volunteer somewhere. This is the best time because nobody's going anywhere. So why don't we volunteer ourselves at Faith Community Services or volunteer platform? Why don't we re-establish connection with our neighbours? This is the best time. This is the best time to reach out to people because everybody's available. This is the best time you ever want to mentor someone. This is the best time to volunteer yourself. Do it. Because we have the available time now. And and here's another idea. Let's revisit places right here in our own backyard in Perth. I haven't even been to the pinnacles, you know. Maybe we should redeem all available time and support our local businesses. Let's go visit our own backyard. Redeem the available time. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says this, Be very careful then, Paul says, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best, making the most of every opportunity. King James Version says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And in the light of eternity, we live our lives purposefully. We live our life, we live our life proactively. Making use of every moment to know God and to glorify Him. So don't wait anymore, brothers and sisters. We recognize it's appointed time. Yes, we are in a season here. We trust and we wait for His appropriate time. He will make everything beautiful in His time. But in between, while we are going through this, what do we do? Redeem all available time. So don't, don't procrastinate anymore. If you are going to serve, do it now. If you are going to reach out, 
do it now. If you're going to join Arrows College, do it now. You plan like as if this is the first day of your life. You live like as if this is the last day of your life. And then we can declare with the psalmist David, my times are in your hands. My times is in your hands. So I'm challenging you, brothers and sisters, whether you're watching online, you're in, in a city campus or right here in this auditorium, I'm challenging every one of us to do this. Recognize God's appointed time. He is sovereign. He's in control. The master weaver is still pushing the threads. And then we trust Him for His appropriate time. He will make everything beautiful. You may not understand it now, but everything will come together in the end because God is sovereign. And He is good. Not only good, eternally good. And His will will come to pass. In between, what do we do? Let's redeem all available time. Make the best use of this season. Amen. Do what you, God has always wanted you to do. This is the time to do it. Make use of this time. Do the best and use it to build your families. Use it to build your own personal walk with God. Use it to serve others. Use it to reach out. Make the best use of this available time. Redeeming the time while the days are evil. Amen. Would you stand with me, please?